Nah, but what if you were really hurt by the church? Hey, what's up? Hello, welcome to the Pantry Podcast where we serve up Jesus, not junk food. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, and share to spread the word of Jesus Christ even further through our podcast. Yeah, we figured we'd give Church Hurt just a little bit more time this week because we know not that anyone hasn't gone through something and we don't devalue any pain that you've suffered, but there are times when it is a like no-go situation like it has to stop either because of physical abuse spiritual abuse whatever it was that drove this this division or this separation Mm -hmm. has to be looked at and we have to look at it in a biblical sense so that we can encourage those who have really gone through the ringer yeah one of the things that we looked at last week was you know what do you do if your feelings are hurt, right? But what if you are kind of ripped apart at the seams by what happened to you in a church setting? Maybe it was from someone in power. Maybe it was just someone else that goes, betrayed trust, you know, just complete invasion of privacy. Things that are, I guess, for a lack of a better term, scandalous things that are very hard to discuss in open conversation. What if those are the things that are keeping you from stepping foot in any church again? What do you do in those situations? And so the things that we talked about last week still apply. I would still encourage you to read the epistles or the letters that Paul wrote to the churches, as well as even the ones that John wrote in Revelation to the churches, because it addresses churches that aren't getting it right. And it helps us remember that they're not perfect. They're full of imperfect people that can sin against us. But what do you do when that sin is weighing very heavy on you? I mean, there's all kinds of examples here. I think we're skirting sexual assault, you know, all all of these things that that tie up a church. Um, Shoot, you know, toxic masculinity. I've seen that. I've seen divisions caused over some serious rifts. Abuse of people, abuse of kids, abuse of, of just property or abuse of like power life, and power. Yeah, I mean, we could just go through this because you hear about it yeah. and you hear about it. And, and I think when we look at this, we're like, you know, we say turn to God and all this stuff, but it is a battle. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing in this, when we look, it's about the battle. There is one thing that Satan is trying to do, and that is to rip you away from the relationship with God. That's right. And the first step in this is don't drift from God. Right. I you, If you got to walk away from a body of Christ that, that was toxic and you just have to have a moment, <laughs> take that moment. But don't walk away from Christ. I've heard too many stories of people who have just walked away from the church and watch this, walked away from God completely. And we have to really, your healing is going to come from staying dialed in to what God has to say. Yeah. I think that's one of, there's there's still tough truths. Last week we said there's still responsibility on the victim and I don't think that's a popular idea in the world because we, we do wanna allow someone who's been victimized to feel victimized and, igno- and everyone acknowledge something wrong was done to you and there's not a problem with you feeling pain about it. But at the same time, biblically, there is still a responsibility on every believer. Anytime we're wronged and anytime we do a wrong. And one of the biggest things that it's just a, it's a cold, hard truth, depending on where your heart is at the moment, or it's a very warm and encouraging truth that God is perfect, but people are not. Mm. And what the broken person or a broken system or a broken group does reflects the broken world we still live in, not the perfect God that we serve. And so 
even if you're in a small town, I know you're on Twitter and you get a lot of hypothetical situations when you when you post a tweet. Right. Even if you're in a town where there may be only one church and that's the place that it happened and you feel like there's nowhere else to go, that's a local body full of flawed people. And that does not mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater or in this cry or in this case, Christ with the local body that that hurt us because at the same time like you said satan is trying to pull you away and discredit the church and make you think that you know christ people should be better and you know what the, the hope is always that right. um but if we can accept that bad things can still happen to you if you believe in god then we can work you know i mean if you if you refuse to accept that a bad thing can happen to a believer then we have to take 60 steps back but if you can accept that then we can move forward and and give you access to healing yeah, I like, I like Jeremiah when he comes out and he's like, hey, heal me, O Lord. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Right there, I love mm. that last word, praise. I think the enemy, I'm going, I'm going to stay here because I'm, I'm, I'm all about vertical thinking. Right. I'm thinking about vertical because horizontal thinking will take you away from where you need to be spiritually. Right. Honestly, the world is going to be the world. And and that is a hard statement. Like you were saying, it's it's like there's some responsibility that does fall on us. Mm-hmm. There's responsibility for us to stay in the word. There's responsibility for us to be encouraged by the word. If we're if we get dragged away from the word and we start to have hurt and then we turn that into anger, which then turns into resentment and bitterness, and that is the thing that is driving us, that is the thing that we're speaking about, that is the thing that we're throwing out in every conversation and we're not throwing out the word of God and how God is going to heal us, then the testimony becomes useless. We are no longer bringing glory to God. That is the point. These can be used beautifully in testimonies. Back to Twitter. There's people who don't have the church. But you know what's cool, even though social media can be so jacked up at times, is they actually find a place to come together with people who believe and who are encouraging them and who are loving on them. And I see this. They're hurt. They're this, this. I never. Okay, I I see it. But it's the groups that I I witness and that I think are successful. Right. The people are there being loving and encouraging, saying, yeah, you know what? It sucks. It hurts. It's something that, man, no one should have to go through. Right. But then you turn it back to what you said. Man. Yeah. They're flawed. We're flawed. I'm flawed. Michelle's flawed. Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at this and we're looking at this hurt, and I like, again, that praise. Am I in the storm praising God or am I in the storm discrediting his power by now becoming consumed by the thing that hurt me? Yeah. You know, one thing you said at Life Group a few months ago at this point, when we were talking about just how to cope with pain in general mm. and why does why do bad things happen to Christ-following people? And one of the things that you said that was so powerful and impacted a lot of people in the room is that it's not about asking why me, but what happened to me. Right. And acknowledging, like, don't deny what happened. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying to put it under the rug. Mm. We're not saying to go back and establish perfect, flawless relationship with people who have done terrible things. Acknowledge what actually happened, but don't start demanding to know why. There are so many good things in the word and bad things that we read in the Bible that we don't get to know the full why about. But what do we get to know that God is sovereign, that he is just, that he loves? And honestly, we came to Christ learning these things about his character. Right. 
and before the bad thing happened, unless of course that's how, that's the memory you have of church, right? This can, bad things happen to children and that's right. a, a different story and that might be you. But as an adult, most people, we, before the bad thing happens, we acknowledged that God was all of those things. Mm. And we already had read stories within the word that show bad things can still happen. And so when that bad thing knocks on our door, it's not a question of where was God or is he real, but focusing on the spiritual warfare coming against you and how God can redeem anything and I have heard so many countless stories of the brokenhearted that have yet to heal, mm. but because they were so angry, they turned away from God. Right. And those who didn't turn away from God had very similar things happen to them. They've healed though. They've moved, they've moved right. forward with that pain. They're dealing with that pain and they're using what happened to smash the face of the devil mm, by by declaring their testimony to other hurting right. people to right. snatch them out of the fire. Right. So what do we want? Do we want to stay angry at God and also cast aside all of his people because the bad thing finally found us? Or do we mm. want to wake up and realize that <laughs> God can heal and redeem this situation if we stop demanding to know why and instead ask him, what will you have me do next then? And, and, and I understand, Another, we, we sat here on anger and, and I think that that can reside, but sometimes it's shame. Yes, that's there's, the other one, thank you for bringing shame. that one I, up, I yes. bring, and, and that's, I mean, life experience, right? Right. Well, I sat there for decades and decades wondering why I kept going back. Mm -hmm. Why did I keep going back? Why did I keep going back to, 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 to being abused? And it stuck with me and it just dug into me. And mine never turned into rage and anger mm, against the that's assailant. That's a good point, yeah. Mine was, was, was shame and saddened by what I was and confusion on who I was. Yeah. And I think that when we look at this and we start to, to unpack this, we really have to, I didn't find healing till 41 years old when I found out there was a God who heals the brokenhearted. Right. I did not. And when I turned to that God and I turned to Jesus and I said, hey, you know what? This is, I am here. You got to do something. You've got to turn this on. He took this, the bread that I accidentally forgot to mix the yeast in. Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting there trying to put yeast into the mixture now and it doesn't work. You got to put it in water first. Right. I've got to kitchen. I'm going yeah. to the kitchen. Yeah. Yeast got to go in the warm water. You got to mix it up. But if you do the warm water in the flour and you try to put the yeast in later, it does not work. So you had to throw it out. I had to throw out that last feeling and that last, could I use it? Absolutely. But I had to get rid of one thing and start over. Yeah. But this time right. I started over the right way with yeast in the warm water mm -hmm. and then putting it into the bread so that it could grow. My faith so it had rise. to rise, right? My faith had to rise. Mm -hmm. And I put it into the right hands, the greatest baker ever. Yeah. And he made the best loaf of bread I ever could have. Right. You know, I think that's a very good point because there's shame, mm. there's anger, and I think it reflects into like how we react, right? And what people in our lives have reacted, like what we've seen, and you've seen so mm. much more of that than I have. Um, but I think at the same time, on top of both of those, we're also right now addressing the adults mm. that this happened when you were grown, or at least old enough to actually process it as an adult with a little bit more mental development going on. So let's take it step back. 
if you were church hurt as a child, if it's one of your first memories, if it's something that you witnessed, mm. let's say, you know, you grew up in a, in a in a local assembly. Maybe they were the body of Christ. Maybe they weren't. Maybe it was a cult. Right. Mm. But because it seems so similar to an actual body of Christ in certain ways, you've lost all trust regardless. Right. And that's the memory you've got. And you haven't stepped in another one. And maybe you just happen to be listening to this because I don't know you know, because God is sovereign, right? (laughs) But in those situations, it's hard. Trust is very hard to regain. Mm, And imagining going back, regardless of when this happened to you, but imagining going back into a place that reminds you of that old place is very hard. Mm. But I do appeal again to that spiritual reality that, you know, I could sit with proofs of all day of why it why it is and why it's true but rather than that i'm just stating that it is true that there is a battle between good and evil and evil is always obsessed with keeping us away from what works right he doesn't really try to prevent us from getting what doesn't work he really focuses on keeping us away from what does and so often i see the hurting turning to things that don't actually help because those are things that don't remind them of the thing that hurt them. Whereas with the church, if you have the option to be around other believers, praise God. If you have the option to pick another local assembly, you know, and you have a trusted person that can go with you just so you have that trust in your space while you're there, then praise God. But if you don't have those, What you do still have access to is the word of God. And I truly believe that the longer you spend getting to know him and who he is, the bolder you'll find yourself, the less fear you will experience, the more trust you'll have in him. And trying again and being led to a place that won't do that again is much more likely, you know, because in Proverbs 6, it does say that there are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. He hates what has been done to you. Absolutely. And this isn't an episode about, you know, him giving us free will and sovereignty and how those all mix together. This is an episode about he absolutely loves you despite what happened and he knows what happened and yet he can make you a promise that he can flip it upside down and give you a life that allows you to look at it without your stomach revolting and churning, without you thinking you're not good enough, without you despising people, if, if you would only just dig in deeper with him. So, We're saying don't throw out church in general. Don't say the entire church did this to you. But at the same time, if you're not ready to step back in, I would encourage you to step back into this text. Yes. And get to know who you serve, who still is in control, absolutely, who still reigns, who despite this happening still has a plan that is not interrupted for your life because that's going to help you get back on track. Wow. You know, <laughs> whew, the Lord is on my side. Mm. I will not fear. Mm. What can man do to me? Mm. That's a psalm, that 118.6. And I'll tell you what, it's a psalm that we can hold on to. It's a psalm because it's not that things won't happen. It's not that things are just going to go perfectly well from now on. 
there might still be struggles, there might still be pain, there might still be the, the hurdles to get over. But when we start to align to him, to his word, like Michelle saying, get in the word, he starts to move in us. And he gets us through the day, and he gets us through the next day, and then he gets us through the week, and then he gets us through the month, and then he gets us through the year. And then before you know it, we're sitting on a porch, rocking outside, sharing our testimony and our love for God, his grace, his mercy, his love to somebody who needs to hear the same story. Mm. And so that's what we're doing today. We're sharing this so that you will be encouraged. That when you get up in the morning, you have something to turn to, someone to turn to. Mm -hmm. And it's someone who will never fail you. So with that word, Mm -hmm. man, we love you. We're sorry you went through it. Mm -hmm. And we're praying for each and every one of you that hears this. Yeah. Because we know it's real. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Let us know in the comments if you'd like for us to pray for you. You can also go to thepantrypodcast.com, get our seven-day free Jesus Not Junk Food devotional. We actually have another one in the works thanks to something I did last week (laughs) that we're starting to bake in the kitchen. Um, And so we'll have something else for you to download soon. But until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you're fed a good meal, remember to follow the show on your favorite platform. The Pantry Podcast is also honored to be featured on Spark Radio and as part of Spark Network on KHCB's Uplifted Stream.